She is the shelter, the safe space, the come as you are, the Christ-like countenance, the one who desires to see and know you rather than telling you who she thinks you are. She's the kindness, the captive audience, the fascinated scientist who asks the question, what is it like to be you? No measuring stick, no checklist, no molds. Her standard is love. Her standard is truth. Her standard is hope. Without guile, without shame, she only asks that you are willing to be seen. Today, I'm welcoming Ashley Carnicelli to the podcast. Ashley and I connected on Instagram, where her account is Ashley, A-S-H-L-I, Carnicelli, C-A-R-N-I-C-E-L-L-I. And I asked her to start our episode by just giving an introduction of what she does over on that account. So my account, um, it's just my first and last name. And, um, I used to have a skincare blog, so that's how I, you know, have predominantly shown up on my page. And then, um, in last general conference, when president Nelson, um, invited us to clear away the debris from our lives, one of the things that I decided to do was I got rid of Facebook, got rid of that social media. And then I decided slowly, um, decided to turn my account into a faith-based account. And so now I archived all of my skincare posts and all of my skincare tips. And now I share my poetry. I share reflections and thoughts on scripture, um, poetry about Heavenly Mother, of course, about um, Jesus Christ. And then I make um, reels as sort of like object lessons. <laughs> on like the Holy ghost and, and like, and also kind of busting misconceptions and myths about members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So typically in my reels, I will say like, you know, Oh, you're a Mormon, you know, cause that's like what people think, you know, that's what they know us as. Um, so I try to like blend in a little bit of humor. And then of course with, um, you know, like I said, my poetry and then reflections on, um, promptings I've gotten, during the week or on scriptures. Um, and so, yeah, so it's a faith-based account. I try to just share content that I think will be valuable, uplifting, edifying, and sometimes humorous. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I'll have to make sure to spend a little more time there when I'm on there. So welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad that we get to have these kinds of conversations. Um, Sometimes at the end of the day, I'm just, you know, wanting to just crawl into bed or take a long bath or do my own thing. But I am always so happy when I take the time to have these conversations, to be energized and talk with other women of faith about their own journeys. So I'm looking forward to talking with you. And I know that I'll walk away from it feeling just so happy that I took the time to do it. I am so happy. I feel the same way. The feeling is mutual. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So Ashley, we're just going to kind of focus on your personal journey in seeking Heavenly Mother and 
kind of what that's looked like for you, um, how you've come to know her better, how it's affected the rest of your faith, because I really like sharing these kinds of stories on the podcast, because this is the stuff that listeners can really hear and relate to and say, oh yeah, my journey has been like that, but it's been different in this way. Um, And I love to hear everybody's individual stories. So my first question for you is why do you seek Heavenly Mother? What drives you to seek her? Okay. This is super interesting. So I grew up Catholic. I'm a convert to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And Growing up Catholic, you know, very familiar with Mother Mary, the Virgin Mary. Um, And so when I was a little girl, I used to pray to Heavenly Father and I would pray to Jesus Christ. I would speak to them all separately and I would pray to the Virgin Mary. But I always felt even my six year old self, I was like, you know, I, I feel like it's it's God as a woman, like it's heavenly mothers up there. I'm not really sure if I'm speaking to Jesus's mom because I always equated her with being a human, you know? And so then finding out our doctrine um, was very edifying for me. And so I always kind of, you know, felt that connection. I felt that presence was there. um, Even if I didn't really have a way to um, quantify it or had any, a lot of doctrine around it. And so then here's what's super interesting is um, back in March, so before the last conference, because tonight we're coming off of October 2021 general conference. So the last conference, um, I had gotten into, I don't want to call it an argument on Facebook because I really try very, very hard to stay away from contention, but I had someone that I grew up with. Um, kind of jump on me (laughs) about an issue on Facebook. And it was a social justice issue. It was surrounding racism. And so I went to bed that night. I mean, I kind of like just tried to detach from it and just not, you know, engage. And then that night, just my mind was racing. Like my head was spinning. I was up until like 2 a.m. just laying in bed, just over and over ruminating about like, or, you know, this isn't right. And why, why are things like this? And this isn't fair. And why are these people treated this way? And, you know, just kind of going over everything. And I heard her voice. So I hear the Holy ghost very clearly. I I'm actually going to share some things with you from my like personal journal. I call it like taking dictation from the Holy ghost. And so things come very clearly to me, very clearly through. And I heard it was her voice. And she said, you need to rest your brain, (laughs) you know, like just something that a mother would say to her daughter, like, listen, you have four little girls that are going to wake you up in a few hours. You need to rest your brain. You do not need to solve this problem. You don't need to figure this out. Um, You just need to rest your brain. And so ever since then, um, I thought to myself, okay, I really want to know more about Heavenly Mother. And so I asked back in May. So May of 2021, I asked, um, and I, I'd like to share some of the reply with you if that's yes, okay. Please. I mean, some of it, some, I'm not going to share all of it because some of it is like personal and sacred yeah. to me. Um, but I, I will share some. So the first thing that came was, Oh, Ashley, your heavenly mother loves you. So she loves you with a perfect love flawless and unconditional 
Um, and then it, it gets into like a little bit more personal. And then it says she is pure love, pure light, beauty personified, and all creativity, kindness, charity, receptivity, empathy, love, service, and talent. She is nurturing, understanding, unconditional, and steadfast in her love for you. She has endowed you with all of her qualities and for the potential to develop Christ-like character. She has overseen your earthly care from the first and has spared your life for your very important missions on earth. She holds you in your grief and in your questions. She is your partner in growing closer to Christ and your heavenly father. She is in the promptings of service for others. When you think of her or have artwork in your home that represents her, these are not idols. She is a part of God. She is a part of the Godhead. As long as your heart stays firmly focused on Christ, it is beyond okay to see where you notice her. You will hear her as you hear him. We love you so very much. So get some rest. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then that was it. That was like close, close my little dictation. Um, and I just thought, wow, that is so beautiful. And also one thing I, I will, I'm okay with sharing um, that's personal about how she has overseen your care from the first um, and has spared your life for your important missions on earth. And it's because I was adopted. I was given up for adoption when I was um, nine months old and I was a foster child and my parents got me just before I turned one. And um, I found my birth mom later, you know, when I was 18. And and this is also like kind of part of my why. Um, my birth mom named me Ashtaroth. So A-S-H-T-A-R-O-T-H. That was my first name that she gave me. And I'm from Boston, grew up, you know, born and raised. So I was born in Plymouth. And there is a mural in the Boston Public Library called The Triumph of Religion by John Singer Sargent. And there is a huge, huge, huge mural of Ashtaroth. And then I'm not going to say his name correctly. It's Bale, B-A-A-L, the, the male counterpart. And she's depicted as like the Canaanite goddess of the soulless or whatever. But I really connected with that. And so this is where it also gets super interesting. All these little spiritual breadcrumbs. So I get this, um, you know, revelation on Heavenly Mother, personal revelation on Heavenly Mother in May. And then I want to say, I cannot pinpoint, it was only, it was just a few months ago, but I connected, I started connecting with um, some of the other beautiful sisters on Instagram that are sharing Heavenly Mother and sharing doctrine and poetry and artwork. And one of the sisters I connected with um, is Jessica Wegerson, Jessica Smith of Milkmaid's Honey. And um, she, it was after she did a live on Heavenly Mother, like being the temple, like her body is the temple. And she said the name Asherah. And I was like, wait a minute, that sounds like my name. That sounds like Asherah. So I connected with her and she was like, you have got to be kidding me. So what your name means, Ashley, is it means heavenly mother and her daughter or heavenly mother and her daughters. It is the plural form of Asherah. And I'm a mother to four daughters. And so Mm -hmm. that, I mean, it just was like, totally blew me away. And so 
I am starting to go back into my story, into my personal story and kind of see where she is leaving these hints of her presence in my life. And it's so beautiful. I'm so thankful for it. (laughs) That is so awesome. I love, I love everything that you shared. Thank you for sharing your story and your journey. And I'm so struck so often when we have these conversations on this podcast that people are like, yeah, it was like six months ago that I started asking these questions and already they're out there sharing, they're out there connecting, they're out there because our mother wants to be known and she is looking for those voices. And often they're her daughters, Ashra and her daughters, right. That are ready to share about her and that are ready to share her message. And I heard um, a previous podcast guest, I can't remember who it was, but referred to the year 2020. And I think the extent 2021 is basically an extension of 2020 in a lot of ways, right? As the year of the mother, um, because so many hearts were turned toward the mother in 2020 to 2021, as we've just kind of been through this soul searching, like, sifting, raking, like all of these things have happened globally and in our own communities that have just kind of caused a lot of soul searching. And when we have been looking, she has said, I'm here. And I love the revelation that you received for yourself that you read. And I love that you received that so clearly that you can just write it down and keep it and go back to it and refer to it. I feel like the words that you shared in that first revelation that you received when you started asking questions about her answered so many of the questions that people ask, is it okay for me to be seeking my heavenly mother? Yes, it is more than okay. Keep your heart centered on Jesus Christ and she will help. Like I'm paraphrasing, obviously your beautiful words um, that came through the spirit to you, but keep your heart centered on Christ, grow your relationship with him and with heavenly father through this relationship with heavenly mother. And I just feel like there were so, so many other things that you captured so beautifully. And thank you so much for sharing your personal story and your beautiful name. And thank you. That is all so awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. <laughs> um, one of the things too that I love about connecting with you, which I've only done a little bit because I don't spend a ton of time on Instagram, but whenever I see posts from you, you are always just so full of gratitude for those who are walking with you in this journey. And um, so thank you. I love walking in this journey with you. I love walking with you. I feel like there is nothing more important and more impactful now uh, during this time on the earth than sisters linking arms with sisters. Like we need each other for so many different reasons. Um, And yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. I, I love this sisterhood and, and you mentioned briefly kind of touched a few times that in the past social media has been like some debris that you needed to clean out. And I definitely feel that way. I sometimes use social media in a way that 
is icky and just, you know, I use it as a stress reliever and it actually just causes more stress and things. But I love being able to make those connections in that space with these awesome, beautiful sisters that are, I'm in Utah and you're on in the East coast and we're able to just feel this beautiful, strong connection. So I'm really grateful for that. And, and the work you're doing using social media to promote faith and answer important questions and show gratitude and all the great things you're doing with it. Thank you. I'm just trying, what I'm really trying to do is a couple of things. I'm trying to point people to Christ. Um, I'm trying to fulfill my patriarchal blessing. (laughs) So that's like kind of important. That's like a pretty important one. Like, you know, like in that revelation that I got talking about fulfilling my important missions on earth. um, So I'm trying to fulfill my patriarchal blessing, which is to be a member missionary and also to be a source of testimony renewal among members to really strengthen the saints. So I'm trying to do that, but I'm also trying to not be so insular, even though I create my content for members of our church, I'm, I'm basically imagining I'm creating a post for you, you know, like, or I'm creating a post for Jess, or I'm creating a post for, um, Alin, you know, like the other women that we know that are in this community that they, they will find edifying or helpful or funny or, you know, um, but I am also trying to, try to dispel some of the misconceptions or preconceived notions people have about Latter-day Saint women, um, about our faith in general, and make it more accessible. Like, oh, wait, she's part of this church? Oh, okay. Like, it's not so what I thought it was, whatever, Mm -hmm. because I've Mm -hmm. heard it all. (laughs) You know, I'm sure you have too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for all the work you're doing. So we've talked a bit about what is awesome about this journey, connecting with all these other awesome women. What is hard sometimes about the journey? Okay. So one of the things that I think is hard, and I discovered this um, also a few months ago, I started on this journey, got some revelation about her, and then I immediately backed off. Um, I felt scared and afraid because I want to stay firm on the covenant path. Um, You know, we are monotheistic, um, Jesus Christ-centered, you know, family-centered church. Um, And I started feeling afraid, like, oh my gosh, am I worshiping idols? You know, I'm starting to put artwork in my home that's not Jesus Christ. It's not Heavenly Father. It's Heavenly Mother. Um, is this okay? You know? And I started to realize (laughs) not just from that confirmation that I received before I even asked, you know, I didn't even ask. I just said, tell me about heavenly mother. And the Holy ghost was like, it's totally okay for you to, um, seek her, you know, it's okay. Um, but I realized that this fear surrounding her, this darkness, I call it like the fray that's around seeking her is not of her. It is created by humans. It's also created by Satan to try and deter us. It's that like that shame, that darkness, that like, Oh, you're veering off the path. Like that's actually not what it is. And when I allowed myself to go through that dark space, okay, let's see what's on the other side. Then 
Because if what's on the other side is going to be telling me what's opposite of the doctrine, if what's on the other side is going to be pointing me away from Jesus Christ, then I will know this is not right. But as I like leaned into that, I found my faith in Jesus Christ deepened, my belief in him, my reliance on him deepened because how do I put this? Understanding her helped me to understand myself and also to understand you and my other sisters and my brothers and sisters. Um, And so I found that was what was hard. And now it's not hard anymore, but it was. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of us can probably relate to those questions. And I love that you got an answer before you, before you ask the questions. And I love talking about the fruits of seeking her and talking with you about your strengthened faith in Jesus Christ and your further commitment to the covenant path. And that this is not the the plan is not to veer away from that, but to become stronger in it with a firmer conception of your role in that plan. And there's there's space for it's part of the narrative. It's always been part of the narrative. It's just this part we kind of skipped over and didn't pay a lot of attention to for a while, but she's always been part of the story. And, you know, I agree with you. And I also feel like sometimes it's just like with our own mothers. I mean, I've seen this with my children. I mean, I become invisible to them. Like I become part of the furniture. Like if they want to get somewhere, they climb over me. It's like, they forget that I'm there. I provide the things and the food Mm -hmm. and snacks and the sustenance, but I sometimes become invisible or nobody hears me, you know, like when I'm trying to like talk over the din of the four girls, you know, with their conversations or them asking me for things. And I say like, okay, everybody come to the table and literally nobody hears me. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is such a maternal and feminine, um, thing to happen. Mm. And when we're infants, I think about that a lot. When we're infants, when we first come out, we, it takes us a long time to realize that we're separate from our mother. And so I feel like that is us right now. I mean, we're, we are these, um, gods and goddesses in embryo, right? And so maybe she is all around us. She's the earth that we stand on and she's so close. She's the air that we breathe. And we don't even realize <laughs> that we're that she's there because we feel like we're we're one in her, you know? Yeah. I really love that imagery of just imagining ourselves as these little babies in utero, not realizing that the the oxygen that invigorates this every cell in our body is coming to us through our mother. That mm-hmm. every Thing that we need and everything that we feel and see and taste and smell is our mother, but we we can be blind to it because it's just there and always there. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Cool. So you shared a little bit earlier in that dictation of your revelation that you wrote. Um, what is she like? And I know that. You listed some things there, and I'm wondering if you want to go back and talk about some of those and your experiences with learning more about what is she like 
um, or if there are separate qualities that you'd be interested in going into a little more, I can tell that you have some really good insight about some of her character traits and how we can learn about her. Oh my gosh. So let me go back. So she is pure love, pure light, beauty personified, all creativity, kindness, charity, receptivity, empathy, love, service, and talent. She is nurturing, understanding, unconditional, and steadfast in her love. Um, so I, I just, I love that. I, you know what I think about a lot is I think about the savior and I think about charity and I think about how he is the perfect love of the savior. And I think about how he spoke and said that the father and I are one and I am one in the father. And from a biblical standpoint, when we say heavenly father, when it's said in the scriptures, Elohim is plural. So if we say father, we're in essence saying mother too. And so I think about how if heavenly father and heavenly mother are Jesus Christ's heavenly parents, that he learned a lot of his attributes from her. And so when I think about him, he points me to her. When I think about her, she points me to him mm-hmm. and just on and on, you know, and I just, I love those attributes. I mean, that is such a feminine thing to be, um, receptivity is such a feminine quality, creativity, um, and I just love the nurturing, understanding, unconditional, steadfast in her love. These are all things that the Savior is. He is nurturing, understanding, unconditional, and steadfast in his love for us. Thank you. Um, So you've talked a little bit about how coming to know Heavenly Mother affects your relationship with the Savior. You said, she just points me to him and he points me to her and I'm seeing all of their traits. What about with the father specifically, how has seeking, connecting with heavenly mother affected your relationship with heavenly father? Oh, this is such a good one. Um, I think that it almost makes me want to cry that it is time. What I feel he says to us is it is time for us as women to see that we are represented, that we are loved, that we um, are equal partners with the divine on earth as it is in heaven. Um, And that he's not hiding her from us and just how much he loves her Um, that's really what I gather a lot in my relationship with him. It's like, he's trying to reveal how he feels about me through what he reveals about her and, and not just me, you know, like all of us. Um, and so I just, I just feel that it has, it has intensified my love and respect for my heavenly parents and for heavenly father, and also has kind of brought a little bit more. I know that Christ is more of the human 
embodiment of God for us, but it has kind of brought more humanity to Heavenly Father to me, more than before, if that makes sense. You know, seeing like, oh, wow, he has a spouse. He has a partner. Mm -hmm. He has, you know, like, oh, okay. He is a father figure. Um, And it's interesting too, because my, so because I was adopted, this is really interesting, but because I was adopted, I met my birth mom when I was 18 and um, she told me that she didn't, she wasn't 100% sure who my biological father was. And also she found out when I was born that the person who raised her, um, wasn't her biological dad. And so she didn't know who he was. And so, um, fast forward, you know, I'm 35 and I'm a convert. I get baptized and pregnant with my third daughter. And I, um, stood at the pulpit for the very first time and bore my testimony as a new member. And I talked about how. Um, there was a time when I had met my birth mom and I was very pained and conflicted about the fact that I didn't know who my biological dad was and that I had a lot of mixed emotions about it because I was raised by two wonderful parents. I have a mom, I have a dad. Um, they are wonderful and they're amazing grandparents to my daughters. Um, but there was just that need to know in my heart. Right. And so I was sitting in Catholic mass and I was just so upset because I kept like searching her for answers. And she was like, I just don't know. Like, I think it might be this one guy. So I reached out to the guy and he didn't want to be found. And I was like, okay, great. I've hit a dead end. And I was so upset. And I went to Catholic mass that night and I was crying, you know, kneeling down in my pew and I was crying. And all of a sudden I heard the Holy ghost, you know, speaking for the Lord. And he said, doesn't matter who made you Ashley, because I made you. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Was not expecting that answer. And so I shared that over the pulpit. And I shared how I was so thankful for the plan of happiness, for the plan of salvation. I was so thankful that I could offer my children their biology and also parenthood, be their mom and be there for them. And I said, I still don't know who my biological dad is, and I'm okay with that. I trust in Heavenly Father's infinite wisdom. There's a reason as to why I don't know. And I'm just thankful that he's given me the opportunity to marry a wonderful man and to raise our girls and give them the best of both worlds. In essence, that was my testimony. (laughs) And Sarah, two days later, I got an email on 23andMe from this young woman And she said, oh, um, so we just matched his first cousins. And she said, my dad has only one brother. And so my uncle, Michael, must be your father. And I was like, what? And sure enough, I found my biological dad through DNA. And that was after I bore that testimony. And so Heavenly Father, he was not kidding when he said, you know, the spirit of Elijah would be over the earth when the priesthood and the church was restored and that the hearts of the children would be turned to their fathers and the hearts of the fathers would be turned to their children. And my biological dad couldn't wait (laughs) to get to know me and to confirm that he was my biological dad. And we caught up and it turns out his mom had the same story as me. Like she didn't know who her biological dad was. 
And she met him when she was 35, just like me. Wow. And then my birth mom, a few weeks after that, um, she, I had ordered her a DNA kit for Mother's Day. And she's like, guess what? I found my biological dad. Like he passed away, but now I have all my DNA. So you can imagine I've been very busy in the temple. (laughs) Um, But it just has shown me, Heavenly Father, how much he loves us, how much I feel like Heavenly Father wants us to know who we are and Heavenly Mother wants us to know who we are. They both Mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that when we have our heavenly parents combined, it reminds us of the familial nature of all of our relationships spiritually and our biological relationships and how we're all bound together as families. Awesome. I'm so happy for you that you made those connections. (laughs) I honestly, I just thought I had resigned myself that I'm never going to know until the other side of the veil. And I was like, okay, I guess that's just, that's it. You know, everyone has trials and obstacles and things. And I've been very lucky. I had two, you know, have two wonderful parents and so I guess I just won't know. And God was like, oh, <laughs> actually you will. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so good. Okay. So last question for you is why do you think it's important for us as heavenly mothers, children, as daughters and sons of our heavenly parents, why is it important for us to seek heavenly mother? Well, I think because, um, I think in the coming days, as we listen and learn from our brothers and sisters that are in marginalized groups, so our LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters inside and out of the church, um, our BIPOC brothers and sisters, other groups that I'm sure will start to surface, you know, more awareness, not that the, you know, the people themselves will surface, but just that the awareness surrounding will surface. Um, And I think particularly LGBTQ within the church, I think that there's a lot of members who are hiding, understandably, um, for now. And so I think that she is absolutely vital to this part of our story and this part of building Zion, which is there's no more, I love you, but there's no more. I love you in spite of it's just pure love. It's just come as you are. What is it like to be you? Let me understand you. Let me love you. Let me serve you Um, and hold nothing back you will be loved and held and seen. And I I think that seeking her is seeking that whole part of ourselves that has the capacity to do that without judgment, without guile, without just listening, learning, observing, holding space for those around us and in marginalized groups and just all of us in general. Um, you know, especially with how much contention, division we're seeing, um, being able to um, humanize everyone. I think that's going to be absolutely vital to our building Zion. And so if we know her, if we have that 
energy of her, um, you know, in our hearts, the love of God in our hearts, right? So that's the love of her in our hearts. Um, we will, we will continue to build Zion and prepare the earth for the savior to return. I love that. I have definitely felt that heavenly mother specifically is mindful of and cares for those in the margins and teaches her children to look for them and care for them and love them and, and, and be whole as humanity. And I feel too, that that's another way that she, again, is reintroducing us to her son and saying, do you remember Jesus Christ came to the earth and showed love for every person, whatever kind of margin he could find them in, right? He was searching the margins always. Yes. Yeah. To show that love and bring them in and, um, yeah, I love that she invites us to remember his his ways too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ashley, for sharing all of your beautiful thoughts and experiences and perspectives. Um, I have learned so much from this conversation, and I'm sure that everyone who listens to it will as well and will be just blessed by um, listening to the things that you've shared. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to chat with you. I appreciate you. (laughs) Absolutely. The feeling is so, so mutual. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with us today. We love this community and would be thrilled to hear from you. Please leave us a review. If you would like to support the podcast, you can make a monthly donation of 99 cents on up to $9.99 at anchor.fm slash inherimage slash support. We hope you'll subscribe and join us again next Sunday for another inspiring episode.